production. Welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two people with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of each other's favorite shows in the hopes of making the other person have an epiphany and start to watch something they normally wouldn't. My name is Natasha, and I normally only watch cartoon shows. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. And this week, we watched a show called Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, which is a cartoon on Netflix that I like. (laughs) (laughs) Descriptive. Yeah. So, (laughs) did you know anything about this show before before you watched it? Had you ever heard of it before? No, I think I'd heard, like, the name before, but I hadn't really heard anything about it. Like, I didn't know anything going into it. Hmm. Okay. Do you want to explain what happens in the pilot episode of Kipo? I do. I really do. Okay. This is gonna sound really disjointed, and that's because it's a really disjointed show. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. It's a little like what I imagine being inside the brain of someone with ADHD would be. Because every time she sees something new or something new moves or something new happens, she's on that. And a different (laughs) thing is happening. Fair. Okay. That's interesting. Maybe just because I know the show, I didn't, like, feel like it was disjointed. But, like, Kibo as a character is very, like, easily distracted. So I get that. That's true. That's true. I do feel like it does a good job of, like, trying to make that flow. But it is kind of just, like... This is a different event. This is a different event. This is a different event. And the only reason it's happening is because Kipo sees something. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we start, and we're looking at this big tower city, and there's this big burst of water that comes from presumably, like, a dam thing, um, and it spits out a girl, and this is Kipo. And she immediately starts freaking out about being on the surface. And she's like, oh my god, I looked at the sun. I'm going to go blind. She doesn't go blind. Because that's a myth. <laughs> it's not a myth. You would just have to stare at the sun for a very long time. Yeah, it's it's not an immediate <laughs> thing. So she wants to go back. But the thing she came out of has been blocked by all of these falling rocks. And there's no way back. And she just goes, well, humans have lived on the surface for thousands of years. So I can do it for a couple of minutes. Which is actually a very, like, nice, limited exposition way of being like, this is post-apocalyptic, let's move on, which Mm -hmm. I did like. And then the little title sequence comes up. It's just, like, clouds in the sky, and then it goes, like, black and pink. Very short and sweet. So this DreamWorks. We love DreamWorks. Yes, I love DreamWorks. I don't know if you noticed, but, like, when it went to the clouds, the name Kipo was spelled out in the clouds, and then it goes to the Kipo on the black, the pink That's and black. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Like her name is in the clouds, and that becomes pink. <laughs> Every episode, like, that's how the title sequence is. There'll be, like, something in the environment that, like, spells out her name, and then it's the title. Love it. Okay, so Kipo starts wandering through the city, and she hears some noises, and she's scared, and then she sees these giant flowers... And, like, a little rave lights start coming out of it. She looks inside of it, and these little bees having a rave that want her to go away. Because they're having their rave. <laughs> yeah. And then she finds a guitar shop, and she starts to play on the guitar. But a giant bird leaps in, and she has to run. So she ends up in a car. <laughs> See, this is my point. Um, she ends up <laughs> in a car. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I'm sh- like... There's a little bit of logic in the show, but yeah, I guess she does just kind of go around and do things. To be fair, she's just exploring the world. She doesn't know what what anything is. It's fair. She ends up in this car where presumably she was hiding from this bird, 
Um, and she starts drawing on the dirty windshield of the car, trying to figure out, like, what route the water took her out of her, um, burrow. They call her home the, a burrow. Um, so she's trying to figure out where her home is based on that route. But she gets a little turned around, and she gets frustrated, and she ends up wiping the whole thing off. She sees this little blue pig mm-hmm. who has four eyes, and I love the pig to death. Mm-hmm. Pig approaches her, uh, but it gets nervous when she tries to pet it, and it runs away. And then Kiba finds a clothing store. <laughs> yeah, okay. I've, I see now what you meant. <laughs> and uh, there's a little montage of her trying different things on until she finds an outfit that she likes. And then she keeps that outfit. Um, and she walks outside, and she sees this giant slug that's, like, half car. And I don't know if it's, like, a slug car or if the slug just, like, got stuck in the car. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was supposed to be, like, a giant snail, and instead of a shell, it was using a car. Oh, but, that makes sense. You know, the same idea. <laughs> that does make sense, though. Uh, anyway, so she gets in the car, and she cruises around until she sees the pig again, and it's running, so she follows it. Uh, into this building called a school. This building called a school? <laughs> yeah, it's a building called a school. We've never heard of a school before. It's this mysterious yeah. word, school. I've never <laughs> been to a school. What's a school? I just love the way you phrased that. It's a building called a school. <laughs> this mysterious word, school. Right now I'm in a building called a house. When I go to that's, work, I go into a building called an office. Yeah, that's, you know what? You're not incorrect. <laughs> the best part is it's not even that, like, Kipo doesn't know what a school is. She explicitly <laughs> does know what a school is. <laughs> I don't know what a school is. Oh, yeah, but you don't. Me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, so she goes to the building called a school. And Pig is inside trying to get food out of a vending machine, but it can't. So Kipa's like, we have vending machines where I'm from, and I know how to do this. And she tries to do, like, a trick, but then she just knocks it over and breaks it, and that's how she gets food. Yeah, that's a kind of trick. I guess, but, like, it's not, because I could do that. I mean, that's not what she was trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) So she feeds the pig, and then they slide down the stairs together, and they see this, like, school photo of all these kids in uniform, and that's when she's like, oh, it's a school. And she explains what a school is to me, personally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She actually doesn't explain what a school is. She's like, oh, it must be a school. My dad teaches at our school, and I have lots of other kids there, and I learned uh, something about science that I can't remember. Parsec? That's a huge, huge oversight. This show should have explained to you what school was. Because what about right? all those viewers who don't know what a school is? Right? What if I was three years old? What if you were three years old and you didn't know what a school was, but you did know everything else in the show? Like, what a pig is? I feel like I would learn a pig before I would learn a school. That's true. Probably wouldn't learn post-apocalypse, though. No. But I'm, I'm small, okay? You are. I'm sorry. I'm not making fun of you for being small and not knowing what school is. I'm just like three toddlers in a trench coat. I'm doing my best. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So she names the pig Mandu uh, because it looks like the dumplings that her dad makes. 
And then they find giant bunnies in an overground pool. And I love giant bunnies. <laughs> and Mandu kind of tries to pull her back. She, it, it, she's like, no, you can't go in there. You can't touch the giant bunnies. But Keepa's like, I'm going to touch the bu- giant bunnies. <laughs> and then she gets squished by an even bigger giant bunny, the mom bunny. Um, and she struggles her way out, finds Mandu again. And then Mandu is attacked by this big black shadow. So Kipo goes after them and finds out that the attacker is a human who uh, won't give Kipo her name. So we're gonna uh, Kipo calls her Wolf, and Wolf wants to eat Mandu unless Mandu can talk. <laughs> and Kipo's like, "No, we have to keep my pet pig." So they fight, and then they stop fighting. I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, uh... They just can't stop. I feel like... I think they start chasing Mandu, because Mandu gets away. Right, yeah. And then something happens. Perfect. Okay. (laughs) Is that when they meet the frogs, or is the frogs later? Frogs is a little later. Okay. They chase Mandu for a bit. Oh, I think Kipo gives Wolf snacks from the vending machine. Oh, yeah. So she's like, because Wolf wanted to eat the pig, and then Kipo's like, here, you can have my snacks from the vending machine instead. Perfect. Okay, so uh, Wolf asks Kipo if she's an underground mole person, and Kipo's like, oh, you've heard of us. <laughs> yeah. And Wolf's like, you have to stop yelling. So Kipo just starts yelling more naturally, <laughs> and uh, gets attacked by a spider. So Wolf saves her, and she's like, look, I'll help you out. I don't want you to die out here alone. And Wolf's like, don't tell people that you're from the burrow, and also... You need to eat everything you're offered. But what she's offered is literally a stick, and I don't think you're supposed to eat that. I think it's I think it's the leg of a spider. Is it? Yeah, they're cooking a big spider. It literally just looks like they hand each other tree bark. <laughs> there, there's a big spider on the fire that has legs, and they're eating the legs. That makes more sense, but I did straight up think they were eating tree sticks. <laughs> Look, on the surface, you eat anything, even tree sticks. I literally thought that's what the, like, moral that she was saying was. It's so bad out here, you have to eat sticks. I mean, is a giant spider better than a stick? I mean, it is better probably nutritionally. Nutritionally, not dyingly, is actually meat and not bark. True. I mean, there's some kinds of bark that you can, like, make tea out of or something. Yeah, but I don't think you're supposed to chew on them. No, no. But it's a spider. <laughs> Fine, they're eating a spider. Mm-hmm. And Wolf is asking for, like, more details about, like, where Kipo's from, and Kipo's like, our village is under the Great Clover, and she draws a picture of it, and Wolf's like, I might know where that is. So, uh, they go to sleep, and Kipo is, like, super impressed by the stars and knows all of the constellations, even though she's lived underground her whole life. And Wolf's like, okay, shut up. Like, (laughs) stop. Kipo's like, why would people want to live underground when you can see this every single night? And it's like, sorry, so your school taught you about parsecs, and it taught you about constellations, but it didn't teach you about why you had to go live underground? I think she does know why, but she's just sort of like, it's worth it to see the stars. Okay. (laughs) Sure, sweetie. (laughs) So in the morning, they raid a storm, and this didn't occur to me until right now, but, like, 
Kipo reads the expiration date on a package, and Wolf is like, yeah, it's expired, like, a hundred years ago. Wouldn't the vending machine food also have been expired a hundred years ago? And they just ate that. All the preservatives in there last for 200 years. <laughs> well, the thing she was holding probably was chock full of preservatives, too. It was, it was milk. Milk doesn't last oh, 200 fine. years, but Cheetos last 200 years. I believe that, actually, that track. <laughs> that track. And apparently also stain remover lasts 200 years, because that's the other thing they grab. <laughs> that also tracks. Yeah. I don't think anything would happen to a stain remover. I don't really yeah. know what's in stain remover, but... Also, specifically, the expiration date on the package is 2020. Yeah. And it's been 200 years, so we're gonna have a, a apocalypse soon, apparently, is what this show... Or actually should have had an apocalypse, like, three years ago, really. Yeah. Which we kind of did. Which we kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are we defining apocalypse? Like, 2020 was pretty bad. That's true. <laughs> well, we didn't get any giant uh, mutant animals in 2020, which honestly I think is unfortunate. I could do with some giant mutant animals. Giant mutant animals would take a while, right? Like, if we started irradiating the Earth in 2020, which we actually started a very long time ago... <laughs> Maybe we would have giant animals in 200 years. Like, that might already be in progress. That's so We that's definitely already have giant fruits and vegetables. That's the first step. Yeah. We're halfway there. Okay, anyways. Okay, so they pick up um, the spot cleaner, the Lost Forever, which, fair enough. <laughs> and the Mega Bunny comes after them because you can't touch the babies because you get their scent on them and then the mom comes after you. So the defense is air freshener, and they just kind of cover up the scent, which, fair enough. And then I didn't catch what the, like, logic of where they were going and what was happening here, and they just kind of swam up into a tower and then were, like, on a raft, and I don't know what happened. I think think it was they were trying to- they were going to that telescope. Yeah, but where is the water thing they went through? It's just an abandoned building full of water in the apocalypse. <laughs> sure. Great. And anyways, they go up to this tower, and they look through a telescope, and they can see the clover, which is just a road system, which is a very cool-looking road system. It would be hell to drive on. <laughs> yes. Also, um, not really spoilers, just context. This city, or part of the city where they are, is, is like post-apocalyptic LA, and mm. I believe that LA could have that bad of an overpass system. I have seen pictures of overpass systems that are worse than that. Mm-hmm. So, like, absolutely possible. Just don't want one. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they see the clover, but to get to the clover, they have to go over Skyscraper Ridge, which is super dangerous. Um, it's also just, like, a bunch of dilapidated buildings. And then they get attacked by a frog in a suit, and there's a little fight sequence with the frog... But Wolf gets, like, a spot on the frog's suit, and the frog starts freaking out. He's like, there's a spot on my suit. That sucks. Um, so Wolf bargains with him about the spot remover, and is like, we'll give you the spot remover if you let us go. Um, and then she throws it as hard as she can out the window to distract him so they can escape. And the frog's like, ugh, they're gone. But <laughs> what's wrong with Kipo? She looks like a burrow girl. Oh my god, maybe she is a burrow girl. Don't know where he got that. He says it's from the way she's dressed, but she specifically changed her clothes after getting out of the burrow. I don't think he says it's how she's dressed. I think it's because she's so surprised to see a talking frog after Wolf told her, like, act like everything is normal. 
And then he's like, who are these idiots? They're probably borough people. Oh, wait a minute. I don't think he meant because they look like, I think he meant like they were acting like borough people. So the frog goes after them with more frogs and his little frog mafia. Yeah. Um, And they take Mandu. And Kipo's like, I can't leave Mandu alone. So she confronts him. And while she's talking, Mando bites him. So Kipo scoops her up and runs. And uh, Wolf gets a bike and picks her up. And there's a chase scene. And they escape into a house. And they barricade the door. And they stay as quiet as they can as the frogs pass. But then there's a baby crying. There's just a baby mm-hmm. in this house. Which is wild. So they go to quiet the baby and keep us rocking it. And she takes off the blanket. And it's like a weird caterpillar ga- baby. Mm-hmm. It's like a little grub baby, and frogs come into the house, and the baby's screaming, and it just kind of ends there. Yeah. The drama. The drama. The drama. They're going to find them because of the qu- crying caterpillar baby, but they're also mm-hmm. not because that'd be wild. Is your show two episodes long? <laughs> well, I mean, if the frogs find them, it doesn't necessarily mean the frogs are just going to murder them and that's the end of the show. <laughs> No, the frogs are going to blackmail them into saying where the burrow is, and the frogs are going to raid the burrow, and they're going to murder everyone in the burrow. Sure. He calls it the jackpot of humans at one point, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. why do you need humans? Good question. Maybe that's what the show is about. (laughs) He probably thinks they have suits. He's like, Mm. humans are good at tailoring suits. They're probably better than frogs. This is, that's, could be, could be it. That's my prediction for this show. All right. On that note, before we get to the rest of your prediction, um, what did you think of this first episode? It was a, it was a show. It was <laughs> on. Um, it had a lot of pretty colors. Uh-huh. Um, it was very colorful. I did like that, even though it kind of has a complicated plot, it didn't bother with exposition, like, at all. It just kind of expected you to keep up with it, which was good, because mm-hmm. you can, because it's... A cartoon <laughs> made for probably like fourteen year olds or twelve year olds. Yeah, I think Kipo. I think Kipo's supposed to be thirteen. That makes sense. So like that ish range. Yeah, that makes sense. And there was a pig in it, and I love pigs, and I love Mandu. It's great. I also really like the music in this show. I don't know if you like paid much attention to it, but the the show has very cool music. There's some parts of this episode where you hear the cool music, but, like, the show in general has really cool music, and they've released, like, the soundtrack, and there's there's good songs in this show. I like it. Cool vibes. Would you keep watching it? I would not. Yeah. I don't hate it. I just don't... It doesn't do anything for me. Like, I've done a lot of post-apocalypse. I was a teenager when post-apocalypse was the thing. I don't need to do it again in a format I don't particularly enjoy. <laughs> That's fair. I didn't expect this one to be a hit with you. I would have been surprised if you said you wanted to watch more of it. I also have, I watched this show around the same time I watched The Hollow, and I they kind of were like a bit fused in my mind for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you hated The Hollow, so <laughs> like, is she going to hate this one? But it seems like it, you liked it more than The Hollow. <laughs> The Hollow was very stilted. This wasn't wasn't stilted. It was just, like, (laughs) random. That's fair. That's great, though, because since you're not going to watch it, we can talk a lot about what happens in the plot. So, I mean, spoilers for anyone who plans on watching the show, but we don't care about spoilers for you. So, well, you know what I mean? (laughs) We don't care. Yeah, no, perfect. 
So what do you think happens in the rest of the show? I would very much like to know. I think they get eaten by frog people and then <laughs> follow the frog people for the rest of the show. That would be incredible. <laughs> it's called Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast and Kipo gets eaten in episode two and then she never shows up again. I think that is a thing a show has done before where the pilot episode completely focuses on the wrong thing. I can't think of a show that has done that, but I feel like that has happened before. It must have. And honestly, that's a power move. If someone knows of a show that does that, tell me about it, because wild. that's cool. <laughs> okay, what do I actually think happens? I think that the frog people find them and they escape the frog people again and they go into the skyscraper city to get there and i think a lot of how long is the show it's three seasons i think and i think each season is like 10 or 12 episodes so i think that like at least the bulk of the first season maybe not all of it is just about kipo trying to get home I do think they get to this clover thing relatively fast, mainly because they said it was only, like, two days' walk away. There can be, like, a lot of obstacles and a lot of, like, throwing around. But personally, I think if you know a burrow is under a road system, that actually probably doesn't help you a lot. <laughs> like, what, are, are you just going to dig down? I don't... Fair. Probably get some backstory on why all the humans went underground it probably has a lot to do with radiation just based on what the world is like in general i assume we learn more about like wolf and where she's from and maybe we meet some other people wolf knows because wolf doesn't seem to like like wolf is a loner but wolf doesn't seem like surprised to see another person like it doesn't come off that like wolf is like the only person and she's like oh my god other people exist mm -hmm. even because she specifically knows that kibo is probably from underground which implies that there are other people who have talked about the fact that there are underground people presumably eventually they get back to the borough yeah that's what i think happens i do think a frog kills them mm -hmm. well a frog doesn't kill them but the frog is a major antagonist, and then I think becomes their friend later. What's his name? Jamak. It's a good name for a frog. Um, there's a whole mob of these frogs, and he's not the leader. There's another frog that's the leader. He's like a under. I don't remember if he has a particular like rank, but anyways, he gets kicked out of the frog, the the mod frog gang. He has a whole arc. He's great. We love Jamak. <laughs> You kind of, I think you had, got, had a pretty good idea of what the first season is about. I actually had to read a little, like, plot synopsis when I was preparing for this because I was like, I remember the gist of this show, but I don't, like, quite remember what happens when in the exact arc. I thought getting to the borough was a much longer part of the show, but getting to the borough from, from the quick summary I read on Wikipedia of this show I watched three years ago, that's season one, basically, and then I think at the end of season one they get to the borough and blah, blah, blah. And then... The stuff you could never have predicted from the context of this episode is that um, the major plot of, I think this probably comes up in season one, but it's like the big plot in season two and three, is that there's there's a monkey mm -hmm. named Scarlamang, and he his whole vibe is like, I don't know my eras, but like Victorian, Edwardian, like 1800s kind of... 
Like, he's wearing, like, one of those, like, powdered wigs, and all of his little underlings are wearing, like, the big dresses and the powdered wigs, and he's got, like, this, like, palace. And he's, like, kind of, like, runs the, the surface, and his whole, like, goal is that he wants to create this, like, mutant utopia and have all the humans from, like, underground and the few humans that are on the surface be, like, his, like, little, like, slave army because he has, like, pheromones that can control primates so he can, like, control humans and other monkeys. So he's, like, the big bad. And then it turns out that Kipo's parents are scientists and they were doing science in the burrows before Kipo was born. And this monkey was, like, their test subject and they were, like, studying how all these animals became mutants and they basically, like, mutated this monkey and he became sentient. And then they, like, treated him like their son. And so he was, like, their son. And then I can't remember if he escaped or he somehow got separated from them, and then he was on the surface, and he, like, resented them, his, like, human parents, and that's why he hates humans, and then he's, like, kind of Kipo's brother, basically, because he was raised by Kipo's parents, and then Kipo's mom died, except she didn't actually die. Spoilers. And then they also did science on Kipo before Kipo was born, and so she's, her, like, genes are spliced with jaguar genes, and so she can turn into a giant jaguar. And when her mom was pregnant with her, that gene splicing affected the mom, so the mom could turn into a giant monkey. And the mom ended up on the surface being mind-controlled as a giant monkey by her son monkey. And they have to save Kibo's mom, and then they have to save everyone from the monkey's brother. And then he ends up, like, sacrificing himself at the end. That's kind of the plot! <laughs> Okay, so what I'm learning here is I can either watch this show mm-hmm. or I can go watch Planet of the Apes. I've never watched Planet of the Apes, so, you know, maybe. <laughs> also, that all sounds insane, but they actually do, like, a very good job of revealing this plot. You end up caring so much about this monkey guy. I'm sure you could, because there are some plots that I could tell you that would be off the fucking rails, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's well done. It just... <laughs> Yeah, when you summarize it like that, because like I said, like I watched this and I knew all of that, but when I was reading the Wikipedia summary just like quickly, I was like, damn, this plot is crazy. It's like, damn, that's weird. That's wild, huh? That's what, like, whenever you're scrolling Tumblr and you see a Supernatural season plot, like, quickly (laughs) described and you're like, what the fuck? You're like, that's what happens? You're like, that's what happens in Supernatural? And then you're like, yeah, it is, though. Yeah, I guess it is. There's also, um, more specifically for this season, the little grub baby mm-hmm. that they find. Um, his name is Dave. Hi, He's Dave. from a race of, of bug creatures that, like, I guess are immortal. I mean, they could probably be killed, but, like, I don't think they die from age because their, like, life cycle is they start as a little baby and then they, like, turn into, like, a kid and a teen and an adult and then, like, a buffer adult and then an old man. And then when they, like, die in their old man form, they just go back to being a baby and they, like, go through this life cycle. At, like, variable speeds, because sometimes, like, he'll stay in one life stage for, like, a while, and then sometimes it'll be really quick. But it happens very quickly, because he goes through this whole life cycle many times throughout the show, and it's not like the show (laughs) takes place over many years. So this happens within the span of days, weeks. So that's what his deal is. And he has a friend who's another human, whose name is Benson. And uh, Benson and Dave are just, like, best bros. They're pretty chill and nice and, like... They're also from the surface, but, like, Wolf is super intense and I'm a loner and Benson's kind of like, hey, I'm also a human on the surface, but I'm chill. All the humans I knew are all dead, but I have my bug friend, so I'm good. 
And he's also, like, a kid. Like, he's, like, 13 or whatever. And I think it's implied that there are some other humans on the surface. I can't remember if we meet any other humans. But, like, the idea is that, like, there are some humans on the surface, but mm-hmm. not very many. And also, I can't remember if this is stated or just kind of implied, but, like, there's less and less as time goes on. Like, Benson was from this group of humans originally, but he's the only one left. And then, like, Wolf was raised by wolves. Oh, wow, weird. Well, Wolf's whole backstory is actually wild because she was raised by wolves. And, like, wolves in this world are, like, they can talk and wear clothes because a lot of the animals are sentient. So she was raised by them for a few years and got close to them, especially to one of her, like, sisters. One of the wolves was her sister, but there was a few other siblings and the parents. And then when she was, like, after a few years, it turned out that the parents were only raising her so that, like, their children could hunt her when they got older. It was, like, hunting practice. And then she was like, oh my god. And she got away when they were like, okay, it's time to hunt this child we've raised up for you, like, livestock. And she killed one of the wolves. I don't remember which one, if it was the sister she was close to or another one. But anyways, the wolf skin she wears is one of her family members that she killed getting away from them. Um, And that's why she's so jaded and hates everything, because she was like, wow, I thought that the mutants could be nice and raised me, but nope, they wanted to kill me, and so all mutants are evil. That's actually fair. That's a fair... She's like 12. That's fair. It's very fair. It's very fair. She also presumably had another name before meeting Kipo, but she never tells Kipo her name, and Kipo called her Wolf, so she kind of starts to, like, she likes that name because it's what Kipo called her, because she really likes Kipo. Their relationship is kind of like, some people ship it, I think, but in the show it's very much like, we're sisters, but, like, Mm -hmm. either way, like, their relationship and how close they are and how much, like, Wolf idolizes Kipo and, like, wants Kipo to like her and stuff is, like, a big part of the show. It's a big, like, it's important to their character arcs. And she gets sad when she thinks Kipo doesn't care about her. (laughs) And yeah, and so Benson, Dave, Wolf, and Kipo kind of go around and have adventures. I love it. They meet a lot of different mutants, some of whom are evil and some are very nice. There's giant timber cats who are cats that are lumberjacks. They're great. I wish I was a cat that was a lumberjack. Yeah, we all wish we were lumberjack cats. Also, I don't know if you noticed, because... I know you only watched the one episode, but um, Kipo's voice actor is the same voice actor as Glimmer from She-Ra. And I forgot that until I watched the... As soon as the episode started, Kipo said, like, one word, and I was like, wait, it's Glimmer. And then I was like, how did I forget? But it's the same voice. Because I love Glimmer, and I love Kipo. <laughs> so, anyways, fun fact. If you listen to both of them, it's very obvious. She does, like, the exact same voice for both of them. Yeah. It's just been a while since I've watched. Oh yeah, I wouldn't expect you to after we watched one of, or I guess two episodes of Shira. And I think that's, you know, generally what happens in this show. Do you want to guess my favorite character? See, I'm torn here because on one hand, you love characters that are part animals, but on the other hand, I was watching you just like completely light up as soon as you said Benson's name. So. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Kipo because she can turn into a jaguar. Mm. Kipo's great. No, Benson's also great. However, it is wolf. That was my first guess too. But then I was like, but Kipo can turn into an animal, which is more animal than wearing an animal. That's very true. I do love Kipo. I do love that she can turn into a jaguar. But I just love wolf. I love her sad backstory. I love that she <laughs> acts like she doesn't care, but she cares so much what Kipo thinks of her. 
honestly, the more that you name main characters who are your favorites, the less surprised I am that Shane's your favorite in Stardew Valley. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a a deep cut. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry I dragged you so hard for no reason. No, that's okay. I love Shane so much. I love this pathetic man who loves um, his chickens. He does love his chickens. He's so sad. Sweet boy. (laughs) Yeah, I love Wolf. Wolf would also hate Shane. (laughs) To be fair. But Wolf is great. She's so cool. She's a little badass. Proud of her. Also, there's guess my favorite ship. I don't really have a favorite ship in this show. Because it's not really a shippy show. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I like the relationships between Kipo, Benson, and Wolf, but I don't really ship any of them. Like I said, like, I think you could ship Kipo and Wolf, but it's very much not, doesn't seem to be played romantic in in the show. And, like, I, I think their their relationship, however you define it, is probably my favorite relationship in the show, but I don't know if I would necessarily, like, call it a ship. That's fair. Because I think they do very much consider each other, like, sisters. Which, you know... They're not biologically sisters. If you ship it, I don't think you're being like... (laughs) (laughs) Kiva does actually call her her sister in this episode. She's like, we're sisters now because we had a fight and we made up. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that makes almost everyone I've ever spoken to my sister. So (laughs) Yeah. It's a wild thing for her to say in this first episode when they barely met. But I feel like that also tells you a lot about Kipo being like just super friendly. Yeah. But I think at the end, like... That is what they consider each other. But you can guess the canon... Well, you can guess the canon gaze, but it is a character I've talked about, but you did not meet in this episode. Benson. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, actually, there's two, but there's another one you absolutely didn't meet in this show. Well, I guess three, because there's also Benson's love interest. Amazing. But yeah, Benson's gay. He has a really cute coming out. Because for a little bit, Kipo kind of, like, has a crush on him, and they go to this, like, abandoned amusement park. I guess it's not really abandoned. It's run by rats. Um. <laughs> it can't be abandoned if it has rats in it. Well, they're mutant rats who could talk who run a carnival. Um, so they go on this Ferris wheel, and she kind of, like, tells him that she likes it, but he's like, um, I'm gay, but, like, thanks. <laughs> and it's actually really cute. And then when they do reunite with Kipo's burrow, there's a guy there named Troy that Benson and Troy end up dating. Troy's kind of like a side character, like, he doesn't join their party or anything, but he and Benson are like a cute little couple whenever they are together. And then there's another person from Kipo's burrow named Asher, who's kind of also a side character who's in like a few episodes, but they're non-binary. They're cool. They hang out with the lumberjack cats for a while, I think. Love it. I'll bet everyone in the borough is just kind of queer. Yeah. <laughs> if you live in the boroughs, you're gay. <laughs> Actually, Perfect. Benson's from the surface, so you're gay if you're from the surface, too. You're just gay. Everybody's just gay. Yep, for five more days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not when this episode comes out, though. No. Game will be long over. It'll be over. So you can't be gay anymore. <laughs> after that. <laughs> I was more saying you don't have to be gay anymore after that, but whatever. <laughs> Wait, you don't have to be gay in June? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. I thought you could only be gay in June. Anyways, I think those are the only canon queer characters, but... I love them anyways. Yeah. And Benson's cool. I'm sad that... I couldn't remember if you met him. 
Actually, I couldn't remember if you even met Wolf in the first episode, but I was glad you met Wolf. And I couldn't remember if you met Benson and Dave. And I guess you kind of briefly meet Dave, but not really because you meet him in baby form. He's a baby. (laughs) He's a baby. And then you meet Benson. Oh, also when Benson shows up, because the reason Dave is in the crib is because Benson's out, like, getting supplies. And then he's coming back for his (laughs) baby baby bug. Um, And then he, like, helps them fight off the frogs. And then that's how they become friends. Good for him. Also, how weird would it be if your best friend was sometimes a baby you had to take care of? Yeah, it's wild. Sometimes your best friend's a baby, sometimes he's an old man, sometimes he kind of takes care of you in like a sort of fatherly way, and sometimes you take care of him because he's a baby. (laughs) It's weird, I don't like it. Yeah, it's wild. But yeah, also, I totally forgot until I reread the Wikipedia thing, but apparently Benson and Dave's backstory is that... Benson was from this group of humans, and Dave was from this group of bugs who were fighting over this this cooling fan, like this fan. Okay. And then they all like killed each other over it, and then Benson and Dave were like the only remaining people from this fight, and then they were just kind of like friends after that. Perfect. <laughs> like wild. Normal things that happen post apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you fight a bunch of bugs over a fan for some reason. I don't remember the context of that. If there was, like, a reason they needed this fan or what the deal was. <laughs> Presumably it's hot. I guess it was hot and they all needed this fan. Makes sense to me. Yeah. But anyways, that's Kipo. Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. It's a fun show. I actually watched the episode and I was like, oh, I want to keep watching it. I like this show. Just keep watching it. So, is there anything else you want to say about Kipo? Or do you want to tell me what we're going to watch next? I will tell you what we're going to watch next. Nice. We are going to watch something very wholesome, mm-hmm. which I just said, like, that was going to be a joke. It's not a joke. Okay. Real wholesome. We're going to watch Boy Meets World. Oh, I have watched a little bit of this show because um, Cam watched it years ago, but only little bits. I don't know a ton about it. It's great. I mean, it is an after school special. Uh-huh. And that's a lot of what you need to know about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fun thing about it is that, like, Full House is an after-school special, and Full House is eight seasons long, and it is eight seasons of an after-school special. <laughs> Boy Meets World, I feel like, actually does a very good job of growing up with its audience while still, like, understanding that it came from an after-school special. Interesting. Because, like... The problems in season one of Boy Meets World are like, I'm in 12th grade and I accidentally insulted my teacher. What do I do? And the problems in season seven of Boy Meets World are like, my girlfriend's dad is in the military and she has to move across the country. So am I going to move across the country or are we going to like break up in a like meaningful and nice way so we can go our separate ways and assume that we'll come back together because we understand we're only like 20. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you guys for listening to our show. You can email us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at epiphaniespod. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and we will tell you what mutant animal would be your best friend. Aw, I love that. 
I want to tell people what mutant animal will be their best friend. You got to make Natasha happy. You got to leave a review so she can tell you what mutant animal is your best friend. Guys, we've offered so many things we'll do if you write a review. And no one's leaving reviews. Are these not good enough for you? What do you want us to do? <laughs> well, some of them are probably scary. And they're like, I don't want that. <laughs> That's true. Some of the things people maybe are like, I would have left a review, but I don't want you to do that. <laughs> but come on. I mean, what mutant animal will be your best friend? That's a great offer. You gotta get these while they're hot. Because when the next episode comes out, we're doing the new thing. If you don't leave a review between now and the next episode, we're not telling you your mutant best friend. We're telling you something else. So get it while it's good. <laughs> I mean, Boy's World isn't that dark, so it might be okay. We don't know. It could be anything. The next one could be like, we'll tell you how you're going to break up with your high school girlfriend <laughs> in the next one. The only thing Boy's World is he doesn't break up with his high school girlfriend. We're going to tell you how you stay in an unfulfilling relationship with your high school girlfriend. How dare you? They're soulmates. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't watched enough of it. I don't know if their relationship is fulfilling or not. I was just trying to scare people into leaving us their review. Okay. That is going to work out great, I'm sure. Thank you. I hope we get lots of reviews after this. I hope so, too. But you, dear listener, already know if that's going to work. Because <laughs> you are smarter than both of us combined. It's true. Bye. Bye. I also don't know if we've said anything about the Twitter or whatever. We might have just skipped that. I did. I okay. did say the Twitter. Oh, okay. I was out of it. I was thinking about how much I want reviews. I can't believe you don't listen to me on this podcast if I don't listen to me. Sorry. Big fan. Big fan of Jessica. <laughs> You're like, Canadians can handle a little bit of premarital sex.